It's a hockey show for you, the best fans in the AHL. Comets Insider on 94.9 K-Rock. Brought to you by Pathfinder Bank, Slocum Dixon Medical Group, and by Labatt Blue. Dawson Lynn with the helpers on the goal by Dolan. Here's Yashik right side. His shot saved Montembeau. He got the blocker up with the right hand. Held in by Darcy with a takeaway. Driving left side to the net. Darcy scores! Boucher gives to Caro. Boucher right side half boards in front. McEwen on the backhand dishes out to McEnany instead. Now to Shen. Boucher in front. Tip they score. Tanner Caro puts the Comets ahead as the power play continues to click at a perfect rate. Three for three tonight. And Caro, 17th of the season, reestablishes a two-goal lead. It's time to go top shelf at the 72 Tavern and Grill. It's Rain Man and Scoop. Well, here we are again, another packed house at the 72 Tavern for Utica Comets Insider with 94.9 K-Rock. Scoop and Rain along with Brendan Gaunts. It, it's... Just it's just a lot of people, man. It's great. packed for the ten cent wings tonight. Good deals. Well, the, it's it's not so much that is that there's people that are just waiting because this is good for a couple hours till nine o'clock. So Labatt Blue, Slocum Dixon, Pathfinder Bank, helping us bring you, yes, Brendan Gaunts. There's a lot we want to talk to you about. We've done this. We did this a couple years ago with you. We're really glad to have you back. Here's a crazy thing. And he walks in the door, and there was an autograph already happened. And then we got a couple of coaches in the house tonight. So he, you're the only player, by the way, that has the audience of your coaches since we've done this all the seasons we've done this. Yeah, that's great. Great it, to have. Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. As you can tell, Brent, uh, Brendan Gauntz has a very uh, dry sense of humor. Uh, Scoop, I, you know, we normally recap the, the previous games, but there's such an interesting history that ties in with you and Brendan and where you're from and where he played that I think I want to go right to the autobiographical stuff and get to know Brendan a little bit more for the fans that didn't hear him the last time he was on. Plus, his brother's out in Syracuse now, and that's obviously a huge robbery. So why don't we start in Erie, Pennsylvania with you? Well, Erie, Pennsylvania, you actually kind of had two-thirds of a season there. And you can't talk about the Erie Otters experience without talking about Belleville. Mm Mm-hmm where you got to return there, and you spent uh, parts of four seasons there. Yeah. Um, so let's start with that, actually going back there and being in that arena again where you spent a lot of time, junior hockey, the whole experience of uh, billet families. Let's talk about that before we get to Connor McDavid and that, that uh, high-powered Erie Otters lineup. Yeah, well, I was uh, lucky enough to play there for three and a half years. Uh, they were great years for me. Uh, the city was great for us. The team was uh, was always good. So going back there this year, it was it was very different. The rink had changed a lot. I hadn't seen the updates yet. So uh, even the outside, they did a really good job on it. And uh, the team that's there now is lucky to, to be in that city. So then one of the things that I thought was, was curious is, I mean, we kind of have some idea about how trades work. Maybe the NHL level, the AHL level, but you go to the Erie Otters in the OHL, and how weird of an experience was that for you? I, I you've got to change billet families, and uh, that has to be odd. But then you join Connor McDavid, a high-powered lineup. 
Dane Fox on that team, Dylan Strom. And played against Cole Castles, right? For, former team of Oshawa, I believe, in that time frame. Am I right there? Memorial Cup? Yeah, the next year they played in But the you weren't there finals. at that no, point. That was the year, yeah, Oshawa won. So, yeah, so you're off on that. Okay, yeah, but it's, it's you, man. Talk about that experience. Yeah, so it was definitely different. Um, being drafted when you're 16, you go in kind of clueless. Um, and as I said before, I was lucky enough to go to a great franchise. So for me, those three and a half years were special. Uh, I was drafted to the NHL there. Um, I was made the captain, so I had a lot of ties to that, that city. And it's, it was definitely tough. I had talked to George Burnett earlier in the year, and uh, he said if we weren't doing that well, we'd look to trade you. Um, and I, at the time, I, was, I kind of was against it because I didn't want to leave. But as I, the season went on, I kind of looked at it as it was a positive for me and the team because they were able to build for the future, and I was able to uh, make another run. So I was, uh, I was lucky enough to go to Erie and play in Erie. So at, uh, obviously we fell short, but it was fun. Brendan Gaunt is with us here. Utica Comets Insider on 94.9 K-Rock. Talk about... Scoop, I know you were you were fascinated by this as well. You've you've had some international experience representing your country, and we wanted to really hear what that feels like, especially at a very young age, to be able to do that. Yeah, that was um, those were some of the most fun times I've had playing hockey. Obviously, I was lucky enough to have a pretty good age group that uh, we did very well in the tournaments I played in. But the first one I played for Ontario. And um, we, we won that tournament for the under-17, so that was kind of the stepping stone into the U18 uh, in the summer. And then as well at the end of the season, my draft year. So I was lucky enough to play in a short span a couple times. I, I want to ask about getting drafted, but I don't know where you wanted to no, go. Go ahead, go ahead, ask that. Go ahead, ask that. Take us back to the moment you were drafted. I, I mean, the feeling. It's, it, some of the feelings are obvious, but some of them we couldn't possibly know. We're not inside your brain. Not all of us get drafted into the NHL, clearly uh, scooping myself. <laughs> I mean, what a day in your life. You never forget it. Yeah, I, I think um, at the time you're so caught up in the moment that you're not thinking that way. Um, you're nervous that you might not get drafted in the first round. You might be sitting there the whole night, and there's little things like that that are going through your head that probably shouldn't be, but you're 18, so that's what happens. Um, the funny thing about that night is this is all I remember from that night is my, my family's not very... Um, we don't hug very often. We don't show emotion that way. Right, right. And we had to make sure that my dad didn't shake my hand if I was going to be on TV in the first round. Um, made sure he had to hug me so it didn't look like it was my uncle. Um, but that's the only thing I can remember about that night. And obviously the emotions were, were amazing. Uh, I was lucky enough to go to a Canadian team, a Canadian market, and uh, it, it was a pretty neat experience. What about mom? She hugged, right? Oh, yeah. My, I would always hug my mom, but we, we just never did. And then now I think it's, it's kind of a custom that we have. They have grandkids that they're learning to show a little bit more emotion. I think that's fantastic. How did brother Cameron help you with that whole experience, being the older brother and, and having gone through that? You have been there, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, going through it, I was at the draft with him, so I was lucky enough to kind of see it firsthand. Um, he was drafted in the second round, so it was early on Saturday morning. But for me to, to watch him go through it, um, watch him do it the way he did, it, it was, um, you kind of get a precursor into, into going in yourself, and I just kind of tried to follow his footsteps. You know, it's, it's funny, you're not a Sutter or anything like that, but in Sudbury, I got to imagine your dad doesn't mind talking about you guys, because not everybody has two sons that have played in the NHL, so he's kind of, he's got to be a popular guy because of that, right? I don't want to burst your bubble. We don't live there anymore. Oh, where so. do you live now? Okay. We live in Markham. But um, okay. my dad worked there, and he goes back up there for work still. So um, Markham's obviously a kind of a bigger pipeline than Sudbury was, so there's a lot more NHL players walking around. But uh, we're lucky enough to 
to have success in the sport that we loved playing when we were younger, and we got into it because our parents loved hockey. So uh, that's kind of the how it started. I'm sure he's bragging on you just a little bit. <laughs> I don't think so, but no, maybe. Yeah, well, you know him better than I do. Go ahead, Scoop. Do you ever talk nowadays to Connor McDavid? Are there any of your those Erie Otter teammates or Belleville teammates that you catch up with every now and then? Maybe exchange Christmas cards. Yeah, with the guys still playing, it's it's a lot easier because we we skate a lot together. Just being in the Toronto area, um, Connor's quite busy, as you could imagine, um, with being the best player in the world. He does a lot more stuff in the summer, but I see him quite a bit. I see Connor Brown quite a bit, just with skating and kind of being at the rink together. But um, you make memories with those kind of guys that that'll last forever, and it's kind of the first time you go away from home and you get all these new experiences, so it was definitely uh, memories I'll always remember. Well, I, I know when you came here, I had my, my friends in the area were, were talking you up, oh, he's great, because, you know, they'd watch you play with the Otters for uh, it was 40-some games, I believe mm-hmm. it was, but uh, a, a great experience. It sounds like you loved your OHL experience. Yeah, I, I wouldn't uh, take it back for anything. Obviously, there's different routes kids can go. Um, I was... Lucky enough to play in two great cities, have great billet families. So for me, uh, the experience was unforgettable. Talk about the importance of, first of all, and we hear this all the time, but mom and dad and the sacrifices they made for you and your brother, obviously, to play hockey at the highest level, but also the importance of the billet families. Uh, That's not something that people around here are necessarily as familiar with because there's not junior teams around here on that level. So they're both instrumental in getting you where you are. Yeah, it was... um at the time, you don't really understand how big of a deal it is for a family to invite someone that's in high school into their house. Uh, you kind of just go about it because it's, it's just what happens. But as you get older, you realize it's a big sacrifice for them. They have to have a lot of trust in the team and the players. And um, as I said, I was very lucky to have great billet families, and I still keep in touch with them today. I was going to ask that mm-hmm. question. Go ahead, Scoop. I, I wanted to ask about this thing that happened to your brother having his Stanley Cup ring and your sister-in-law having the ring stolen. Uh, I was looking at your Twitter feed. It seems like they they took the safe right out of the house. uh, Tell us about that and what's going on. Are there any leads? Are you getting any updates from the police? Uh, KTV even covered the headed on the news around here Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, so it was unfortunate. They took all the precautions you kind of can to keep something that valuable safe and it just happened to get stolen. They took the whole safe, so there was drag marks throughout the house, kind of because it was so heavy they couldn't carry it. Wow! Um, but they never—they haven't found the rings yet, so they had it. Uh, they had the stuff insured, so um, luckily for him, that was kind of a backup plan. And they're trying to figure out now uh, what the next plan of action is. Let's talk about your brother a little bit more and the fact that he's obviously, and you know, playing in Utica, the, the rivalry, the throughway throwdown, as they call it, the Planet Fitness Galaxy Cup. Comets Crunch is a big deal, 45 minutes apart. It's probably your favorite road trip because it's so short and you get back here. But Cam's out there. Cameron's out there right now and playing against him. And even maybe on off days, you guys are probably able to get together a little bit more often than when you're separated by obviously more distance or depending on where you are in the country playing. Yeah, it's it's a, a new experience to the rivalry. Um, it's it's always fun competing against him. Uh, I wasn't. We weren't very fortunate at the start of our careers when when I came to the AHL. We kind of had some injuries, so we only played against each other three times. Mm-hmm. But this year, obviously, there's a chance at a lot more because we play them. It feels like, like every thirty times. Yeah. yeah. So 
but it, it's been fun every game. Uh, it just adds some competition, some more competition to the game, internal stuff that uh, we can we can joke about in the summer. But we, it's great to have him close. It's great to have him, and for him being closer to our family at home, so he can kind of go home more than he could when he was in the other places. So uh, it's worked out well for him. What is mom and dad's reaction to when you two are playing? I mean, who do you root for? They've got to stay. What is it, Switzerland neutral in a situation like that, right? My mom wants me to score but doesn't want Cam to be on the ice um, <laughs> and vice versa. So she's okay if it's 2-2 and we both have two goals but haven't been on the ice for the, the ones against. Fantastic. This is Brendan Gauntz with us on Utica Comets Insider on 94.9 K-Rock. We're at the 72 Tavern and Grill for 10-cent wing night. I want you to know that my daughter, my 14-year-old daughter, has one of your sticks from a couple of seasons ago. The white one? Uh, it, it's, yeah. You, you want it back? I think it's got a couple goals in it. I mean, I'm just saying, you never know. We'll see. I've been a little cold lately, so yeah. might have to. Yeah, but there, there's been some real good things that have been happening on the ice, which we want to get to in just a second. But you are her favorite player because of that. I want you to know that. And it is on full display in her bedroom. So awesome. literally every day of my life, I go into her room and I see a Brendan Gaunt's stick sitting there. Fine? I, I can bring it back in, and we probably should do that for, sure. for her. I'll yeah, it, for sure. I'll catch you before one of the games. I wanted to talk scoop. We talked about this before we came over here tonight. Your, your penalty killing face-offs in the defensive zone and your ability to, to pot shorthanded goals this season, I mean, it's been one of the keys to your games. It's, it stood out to me. Many things about your game have stood out, but those are three things that I've noticed, and we've talked about them a number of different times, even on this show with different guests. Uh, I, I don't know if it's something you're keying on. I suppose maybe when you came back down the, earlier this season, are those certain things that they said, hey, work on that down there? Or are they things that you've kind of done on your own? Or is it maybe something color specifically has pointed out? Because you've been great this year. Thank you. I have to be uh, walk the line a little bit because I think the one that runs it is, uh, is in the building. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, but I think for me, people in their careers kind of find things they, they want to be good at and sure. things they can bring to the team that that'll be positive for the team that teams kind of they need you they rely on you for those things and um, I think penalty killing is something I can do at, uh, at both levels the NHL and the AHL and, and do it effectively so for me I it's something I kind of I wanted to get better at I want to get better at still but um, it's definitely fun to to score on the penalty kill, but it's also good because there's there's lots of momentum that comes with it. Absolutely. You know, uh, you've got some goals in the NHL, but this year on Halloween, you had a nice one against the Blackhawks, and it really was a a great effort by that shift by everybody involved, and then the look on your face when you scored it yeah, is I remember fantastic. Watching it. Uh, uh, Describe what that moment feels like. I'm never going to know what it feels like to score a goal in the NHL. Uh, but when I watch you score one, it looks like it feels pretty darn good. <laughs> yeah, I think that goal, too, for me, had some, some more meeting. Um, I, was, I went up there to prove something uh, in the games that I got to play this year. I, I wanted to prove something that I, that I belonged and that it might have been the wrong choice um, to, to not have me there. And that's kind of the way you have to think when you're in the AHL. Uh, for me, that just, I mean, that's not what I'm there for. So it, it, it was definitely icing on the cake, but uh, it was def pretty cool to, to score and it be the game winner. Brendan Gauntz is with us. This is Utica Comets Insider from the 72 Tavern and Grill and 94.9 K-Rock. I'm almost positive that I heard the cue that we have yes. to take a quick break. So we're going to do that and I'll be right back and we'll continue with Brendan. I'm here with my main man and I got to know how 
you going to do that hockey? Utica Comets Insider. Live from the 72 Tavern and Grill, it's Rain Man and Scoop. On 94.9 K-Rock. Brendan Gauntz is here. 72 Tavern and Grill. 10 cent wings tonight till 9 p.m. It's brought to you by Labatt Blue, Slocum Dixon, Pathfinder Bank. You can listen on the K-Rock app, stream at krock.com. You can ask Alexa to enable the K-Rock Utica skill. And, of course, if you've missed any of our conversation with Brendan so far, we're going to have it podcasted later. Look for us on social media, at KROCKCNY, on Twitter, Facebook, of course, Instagram, iTunes, Google Play. And Brendan Gauntz is here with us. Growing up, who were the, uh, the hockey players that were your idols, Brendan? I think away from the Toronto, the Maple Leaf guys, um, Brendan Shanahan, when I was younger for the very sophisticated reason that his name was the same as mine. <laughs> okay. Um, but other than that, mainly the Leaf guys, just growing up, going to the games, kind of them being idolized in the city. Uh, those were the guys that you look to and watch. So you, you probably uh, aren't old enough to have gone to the old Maple Leaf Gardens. One game. Watched what? Florida play. Uh, okay. Actually, you know, my favorite goaltender was John Van Beesbrook. So we went and watched them play once there. So I had a, I had a poster of him in my room for some reason. That was a great old barn, man. I actually got to see one game there. And uh, it was the final home opener, the final season. They opened with the Red Wings. And I went, and it was just... It's a, it's like a, it's got this magical sort of aura, you know. This cathedral. Yeah, it was really cool. Take us back. We we asked you this. I remember a couple years, a couple seasons back when we had you on. But take us back to your first goal. Do you remember? I haven't scored many, so yeah, I do. You remember? <laughs> yeah. who? Okay, for sure. I, I figured. <laughs> Just sure in case, it, maybe they blur together. AHL, maybe not, but that one for sure. Okay, take us back. Tell us about it. Uh, it was my second game. We were in Arizona. We played in Dallas the night before, and I was puck kind of grimmed around the wall. It was either, I forget if it was Tanov or Edler that shot it, but I remember they shot it, and I was just going to the net, and it hit my foot. So spectacular, yeah. yeah you got you to say it was a breakaway and a penalty shot. No, Not yet. No, we trust. There's YouTube. So I, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. proof nowadays. That's the horrible thing about exactly. social media. So, Brendan Gaunt's with us. Left wing, number 16. Uh, has spent a, a bulk of this season down here with the Utica Comets. A handful of games earlier. But you went uh, basically a season and a half, roughly, where you were in Vancouver full-time. What are the differences, first of all, between the two leagues from your perspective? Because I think it's different for everybody depending on your skill set? I think structure is a big thing. Um, the NHL, it feels like it, it's very structured. Um, guys are more methodical with what they do. It's not necessarily um, always skating at top speed or always trying to do th- things at top speed. It's They're thinking of the play ahead of the play. And it's, trying, it's just different reads you make, especially as a guy that kind of plays in a shutdown role. You, you make different reads, and, and obviously the skill level of the high-end guys is... is is a lot better. I think the follow-up I want to ask is having Travis Green as a coach here and then Travis Green as a coach up there, is he any different or is he the same? I know, I know, I know. It's, it's, you could give me the PG generic cliched answer if that's what you need to do. I just, I'm curious. No, I, th- I think that's why um, he's having success where he is. He's, he can relate to the players very well. Uh, obviously, he played for a long time and yeah. had a successful career, so that, that helps. But uh, he's very good at kind of feeling the vibe of the room and, and, and knowing when, when to do different things and stuff like that. So I think the ups and downs of the season, he can, he can figure out pretty well and figure out when to do stuff like that. So I think 
for him to transition to older older guys in the team that have more respect in, in the NHL level. It's it's tough to do that, but I think for him, he's uh, he's always been good at that kind of thing. After you have a long career like that, you get you tend to get a little bit of respect for sure. And of course, the one thing that he did carry with him that Scoop we've noticed and talked about is the process. You got to respect the process. Always talked right? about the process. Who are some of the guys in that Vancouver locker room who have been the the biggest help to you? Uh, guys who uh, you know you could sit down and talk to give you little pointers or whatever and then the guys who are like just good friends to you 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 get hang with i think the the easiest answer would obviously be the two sedines and alex edler um my first two years i I was lucky to be close with henrik and um talked to him a lot sat beside them in the room so that kind of that helped didn't made the transition a lot easier because you go into a team and you want to have a lot of respect for the older guys and especially when they're going to be hall of famers it's tough to to go out of your way to meet them and talk to them but they were so open with all the young guys so it made everything a lot easier and as of friends i mean i think i'm closest with bo uh bo horvat and chris tanov i work out with chris and i've kind of skated with him for the last five or six years so so we're very close and uh going to bo's wedding this summer so it'll be fun Brendan Gons is with us here once again. Utica Comets insider from the 72 Tavern and Grill for 10 Cent Wing Night. Can we can we recap the two games from this past weekend after the All-Star break? After, you know, a little bit of time off, maybe rest the legs a little bit. I don't know where you went, what you did. How about we come back in, and there you go. There's the Syracuse Crunch where you play 30 times a year. Uh, a tough way to get back into the second half, 4 nothing. Just kind of take us through that game from your perspective real quick. Yeah, I think um, start of the game, we were out playing them for probably the first 10 minutes. Uh, and then we had a couple of power plays that didn't go our way. And that kind of changed the flow of the game. Uh, they scored on one of theirs. So uh, things kind of just unraveled a bit from there. Uh, they're good in their own building, so you kind of can't give them that step. And uh, obviously we did, and it, it didn't turn out as well as we wanted to. But I think for us to be able to play the next night and respond the way we did and start the game we did was was huge. Momentum's a, a really important thing in the game of hockey. Maybe not necessarily so much in other in other sports, but it really seems to be in hockey. I wonder what you think. Yeah, I think there's a lot that goes into it. Um, being on the road, being in a building that teams are comfortable in. Uh, it's like when teams come here. If, if we get on a run, it's you feel pretty good on the ice you feel like there's there there's a lot of chances every shift and i think syracuse is the same way they're very good at home they kind of play the same style as us uh, up tempo game and when that happens and you're kind of falling behind it it's tough to tough to get back to it it seems that maybe you took the frustration of that game in syracuse and went to springfield with a degree of resolve to not allow some of the same things to happen and that in of itself is maybe a motivation and something that you guys go through from time to time when you lose a game and you got to play the next night. Well, in a 3 nothing lead in Springfield the very next night, that we were just talking about momentum. I mean, you brought that through the rest of the game, and then you held strong and you held and protected the lead. Yeah, I think um, as you play pro longer, you learn that not every game is going to be your best. Um, there's 76 games in a year, so the team's not going to be the best every night, but... Um, to kind of maintain the lows and keep them for a couple games and not not let it kind of get past a weekend or get past a game a night. So for us, I think we're learning that as a team, and it's it's coming together. We've played really well since Christmas. Uh, we're, we're hopefully peaking at the right time to, to kind of push into playoffs, and that's that's our goal. So it's a 3-3 three and three this weekend. It's been a while since there's been 3-3, three and three, one of them on the road, but finally 
after the All-Star break, after these couple of games back from the All-Star break on the road, you get a couple back here on home ice. I think as, as far as the team, you guys got to be looking forward to that home cook and the home fans and, and, and getting a chance to play back here. Yeah, I think um, having a 3-3 three and three is always tough, but having the first two at home um, makes it a little easier. You don't have to travel those first two nights, and you really only have one game where you, you really have to get up for uh, being the Sunday at 3 because you haven't traveled the other nights. You've been in bed early. So I think for us to, to get those first two wins, it'll, it'll add some confidence going into Sunday. And what do you, is there anything specifically that you do or the team does when you have to roll into that third game, leaving home, it's on the road, it's the early start time, the typical routine, you, you get here 4.30, 5 o'clock, the game's at 7 o'clock, but, but it's very different. So many just parts of your day, the structure of your day change. What do you guys do to kind of account for that? Yeah, well, pr- pr- I think Bridgeport's around four hours, so we'll probably get in, I'd say, 2, 2.30. Um, so we won't, I think we'll have breakfast probably from 9 to 11 or something like that, and then just go about our day, have some meetings, and be at the rink for one. And at that point, it's you're tired, but you know it's it's one game you have and it's a big game now especially this point of the year yeah um so for us i think it's it won't be that hard to get up for um we need these points and and we're playing well so we're excited to be at the rink your favorite hockey moment would it be in in some of that international play uh scoring that first goal as a vancouver canuck something that happened here as a utica comet maybe one or two of those favorite moments I think there's, I'll say two. One, um, the coolest moment I've been a part of, it didn't even really involve me. Um, it was the Sedin's last game in okay. Vancouver. Uh, for me to be a part of that game and, and to watch the way it ended the, the, with Daniel scoring from Henrik with I mean, Edler on the ice too, it was just almost storybook writing. So I think that was the night where you kind of left the rank after the game and you're like, this, that was a, a book or that was a fairy tale that wasn't real life. Uh, that's something I'll always remember. And then I think winning the first time with Ontario at the U-17s because that was kind of my first experience playing for something bigger than a team you've been on for a whole year. It's kind of something you all come together and play play for one goal, and that was that was a pretty neat experience. Can I ask, I just want to ask one more question. You've spent some pretty significant periods of this part of your career in Utica. Uh, I want to hear Brendan Gaunt's thoughts on the fans living in this town experiences that you've had if we could go five ten years after your playing career and you reflect on Utica when somebody brings it up in your time here what are a couple of things those top of mind memories that you might have that maybe the fans would be curious to to know that you took with you I think the biggest thing most of the guys get from the community is the openness Um, bringing people into your community isn't always easy especially when they're kind of the center of the community mm-hmm. um and but we've been i've been lucky since my first year we were obviously a very good team that year and it was special to see a community come together behind behind one team to do one thing and we obviously came up short but that's something i think all the players that were there will always remember um how close the community was to the team and and the games at home and the playoffs and obviously it's it's kind of carried on from there and the city uh deserve to have more time with with an or an hl team and, yeah. and the six years added on i think was something that they they earned and um it, it's definitely just been it's been a great time for me i remember uh, a post game you got a first star a while back a few games back and i asked you 
I don't remember exactly what I asked you on the ice, but your response was basically that you really do revere this place because, you, you know, pro career started out here. So uh, you've made a name for yourself. The fans love Brendan Gaunt. I know we talk about you all yeah, the time. Yeah, and here's hoping we have a nice long season with uh, tailgate parties and <laughs> Well, if it's like this today for the rest of the year, yeah. then it'll start soon. Yeah, yeah it's going to start. Maybe uh, it was a Groundhog's Day. I think that he said that there was an early spring. We'll yeah, see. he did. We'll see what happens. Brendan Gaunt's nice enough to join us today. We really appreciate the time. Utica Comets Insider 72 Tavern and Grill uh, will continue till 8. 10 cent wings until 9. This is 94.9 K Rock. And the voice, Joe Roberts, joins us on the phone next. Utica. Let's do that hockey. Utica Comets Insider. Live from the 72 Tavern and Grill on 94.9 K-Rock. And now our Comets Insider grind line with Rain Man the Rocket, Scoop the Cement Head, and play-by-play voice Joe Cujo Roberts. I still don't know exactly why I'm the Rocket. I'm not fast at all. I, I walk slowly. I picked hockey nicknames, so I'm Cement Head. He's Cujo. That works, though. That works, though. It makes me it works sound- for me because I am a cement head. It makes me sound a lot cooler than I really am. You have a, you have a rocket sort of uh, rapid fire vocal delivery. Diarrhea of the mouth. That's what they call it. I'll, I'll, I'll own that, man. So we have the voice of the Utica Comets, Joe Roberts, online. Nice enough to join us on the phone. It was great to have Joe here in the house having some ten cent wings. Last week, of course, the All-Star break happened. Now they're back at it. We've had a couple of games. Uh, they split them, uh, lost one, won one. Uh, but I want to get to the trade. So, Joe, uh, before we get into anything else, Tanner McMaster is now a Toronto Marley, no longer a Utica Comet. Traded for Stefan LeBlanc, filling a need on the back line. A defenseman, Adam to Luke Shen, who they just acquired. Colton Sossman still there. Cliff Watson on the PTOs. Ashton Sautner should be back soon. Uh, Jesse Graham is week to week with an injury now. Olu Levy's out. So, I mean, this is f- filling a need. You got Chad, you got Blue Jays, got Brisbane, but basically... Sonner back soon, hopefully, yeah. As it stands right now, I believe it's eight defensemen. What can you add to that for us, Joe? Uh, you know, I, I don't have too many answers on Dylan Bluegis. I do know that he left the game in Syracuse and then uh, didn't play the following night in Springfield. So, uh, obviously, we'll keep our eyes on that as far as McMaster goes. Toronto was obviously looking for a uh, speedy forward with some skill to their game to add to their lineup. And, um, you know, I think it's good for him to get the opportunity. Obviously, he's been a healthy scratch uh, as of late quite a bit for the Comets just due to the numbers game. So, uh, you know, ultimately, we'll see what Toronto likes to do with, with Tanner, if he can stick up with the Marlies, if they assign him down to uh, Newfoundland and the ECHL to get some reps down there. That's obviously yet to be seen, but uh, it's tough to argue when you tighten things up on the blue line a little bit. And obviously, uh, when the Comets have been uh, successful, they've scored a lot of goals. Um, but they, I think the team in general uh, needs to find ways to, to protect their net on occasion a little bit better than they've been able to over the course of the year at times. Uh, so I think that tightening up on the back end is never a bad thing. Um, so so we'll see what uh, LeBron can bring to, to the club, and um, it'll be interesting to see how things unfold. Joe, contra- uh, compare and contrast uh, the effort you saw Friday night in Syracuse versus what they turned around and did in Springfield. To your eyes, what did you see? What was uh, of note to you in those two games? Um, you know, I think in the in the 
Syracuse game, there was a little bit of difficulty creating a rhythm. And I think that that rhythm happened uh, very quickly in the Springfield game, right? When you go up three, nothing in the first, what, three fifteen of the game or whatever it is, um, you know, it shows that you're capable and you know how to bounce back. And I think that's important, right? You're always tested after a loss like that uh, within the division against your rival makes it sting a little worse. Um, and so it was a great way to see this team's capability of bouncing back after a loss and facing adversity. And I think what you can also take out of that game uh, is the way guys stuck up for each other, right? Those teams in the Atlantic division have a tendency to play physical, uh, particularly Springfield. They have a couple guys that uh, get paid to be thorns in sides of their opponent. And obviously there's, uh, there's uh, a role for that in this business. So uh, that's one of the things that they do. And you see Zach McEwen drop the mitts, Jonah Gadjevich drop the mitts, guys sticking up for their teammates, sticking up for each other. I think top to bottom, uh, you couple that with a solid performance from Michael Layden and, and you're looking at a good recipe. Was Springfield the team that the, they had the standoff yes. with earlier in the yes, season? Yes, in our building. They, they basically, the entire team, stayed out there well after the final buzzer and said, you're not coming in here and you're not pulling this crap, and if you've got a problem with it, then we're going to handle it right now. Um, what, was, do you think it was a carryover from that? Perhaps, you know, people or players, you know, guys remember, Joe? You know, I'm not sure if that was a direct carryover from that game. I have to imagine that at some point in time, somebody thought about that for maybe a second or two. But when it boils down to it, uh, you have to make your decisions in the moment. And Springfield was obviously a team that fell behind 3 nothing in the first couple of minutes of that hockey game. So what do you think you're going to resort to doing? Um, right? So you're. it's kind of, I think it's game by game. I think you don't even break it down. It's period by period and minute by minute and shift by shift. So, um, you know, I wouldn't consider it much of a carryover. I would just consider it the fact that the Comets went ahead early. Springfield has that identity as a team to begin with, so you put those two things together. It's like uh, making one of those volcanoes in science class. <laughs> it's momentum, as we talked about a few minutes ago with Brendan Gauntz. Back in the day when me and the fellas were watching the games, and it isn't really necessarily that way now, but we used to say, hey, you know, if you can't win the game, Win the fights. That's right. You know, and, and so like Joe says, if you go down 3 nothing that quick, well, a team might get a little frustrated and decide they're going to start taking some liberties. It, as a, uh, there was a movie that was filmed in this building. We're talking about some old-time yeah. hockey here. It's still part of the game, not as much as it used to. Are you sure? But it was. It was Evan McEnany, and then it was Jonathan Dolan, and then Cam Darcy, and it was just one, two, three. And that did. I think that led to a frustrated Springfield team, and they took that momentum. I want to have Joe follow up. I, momentum is a, is a point that we made to Brendan. Momentum seems to be very important in hockey, even more so than other sports. And I'd love to hear if you agree or disagree. Yeah, it's important, obviously. Um, you, you look and see. I mean, you look at both sides of the coin. If you want to use that Springfield game as an example, uh, the reason that coach thought that they needed to change the momentum 
Uh, and obviously they yanked their netminder, they replaced him, and that shifted things for Springfield. They started to play better after that. The Comets had the momentum right off the hop. They went up 3 nothing earlier in the game, and at that point in time you thought, okay, we have a stranglehold on this, and that's obviously something that helps you play with a little bit of confidence too. Then you look at it on a bigger picture as well. When you start to string together one or two or three or four straight wins, um, then you start to play with a little bit of swagger. Uh, and I come from the camp of – uh, confidence, but not cocky, right? But I think a little bit of swagger is important if you're going to be uh, in this business because you have to carry yourself like a winner. You have to know uh, what it's like to win, and uh, you have to kind of puff your chest out sometimes about it. How about the guy that just won a sixth Super Bowl uh, last night, right? I mean, Tom Brady, for example. It's not like he's, you know, he's he's a, he's a pretty calm and, and composed person, but at the same time, he also knows what he is, what his identity is. So to be able to turn that into something uh, that, that creates moments of victory, it's important. Well, you talk momentum, and as Brendan Gantz mentioned earlier, in that Syracuse game, he kind of liked the first 10 minutes uh, how, how the Comets were playing. A couple of power play opportunities don't pan out. Then you give up a goal on a power play, and sometimes you just need that first goal, and that's when the avalanche happens. That's when the goals start going in, and you start to get lucky bounces. How many times do we see that happen in, in a hockey game where you just got to get that first goal, and if it's a garbage goal, good, and then, then they start hitting the back of the net. And when you're not hitting them, it, it affects things. It affects momentum the other way, obviously. This is uh, Joe Roberts on the phone with Scoop and Rain here. Utica Comets Insider from the 72 Tavern and Grill with 94.9 K-Rock. So uh, we brought up to Brendan. I want to bring up to you, Joe, three and three this week and getting back at it. It's two at home and then, of course, on the road for that 3 p.m. start. Lehigh Valley, Rochester, and then Bridgeport. I'm not going to ask you to break down each individually, uh, but looking at the overview of these three teams, Comets Hockey gets it done. Any tweaks uh, between the three games uh, that you foresee? I mean, I think that over the course of playing three games and what, however the math works out, it's like 60-something hours or, or whatever it is, or 40, well, I don't know, I'm not a mathematician. Um, whenever you play three games like that, you're going to see changes. You're going to see changes in the lineup. You're going to see it between the pipes. You're going to see it with, with combos and pairings and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't expect to see the same uh, 20 guys skating every night over the course of a three and three uh you have to keep in mind these are tough these are tough for everyone involved they're tough for radio guys um you know a lot goes into preparing yourself mentally and physically to take on that much hockey and that in such a short period of time so um i think it's a good gut check i think this is a good time of year for that kind of gut check what are you made of test your metal a little bit um, because down the stretch, I, I think we end the season with back-to-back three and threes or something like that. So, um, you know, you have to be able to pick up points. You have to be able to to pick up victories. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if what Trent Call would agree with, but I would say if you can get four out of six this weekend, that's not bad at all. Um, so it's going to be tough sledding, I think, over the course of it, because you know you have some really talented teams that are uh, both coming into the odd and a good team that you have to go and play in Bridgeport. Uh, so it's 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 a gut check, and I think that that's uh, that'll be really good for this hockey team, especially with you when you couple in a few new faces and and Shen and LeBlanc and so on and so forth. Um, it, it'll be on the other side of this when we talk next week. I think it'll be a really interesting conversation based on what happens over the course of Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
Absolutely. Joe Roberts, the voice of the Utica Comets, nice enough to join us. We appreciate you, Joe. Get back into your Monday night. We'll talk to you next week. I'll see you this weekend as there are, yes, three games in a row. This is going to be some uh, some interesting hockey. I'm always curious to see the third game of the 3-3. Three and three. Scope and Rainer here with you. Ten cent wings till 9 o'clock at the 72 Tavern. Utica Comets insider will continue next. These guys have been known to chirp at the refs. Here's Rainman and Scope on Comets Insider. Here we be, 72 Tavern and Grill. Ten cent wings until 9 p.m. tonight. They got all the sports on. It's brought to you by LeBat Blue, Slocum Dixon, Pathfinder Bank on K-Rock. Listen on the K-Rock app, streaming at krock.com. Ask Alexa to enable the K-Rock Utica skill. And if you missed our conversation with Brendan Gauntz earlier, we're going to have it podcasted shortly. iTunes, Google Play, of course, will have the links to that. At K-Rock CNY on Twitter, Facebook as well, Instagram stories. Yeah, if you have the Amazon Echo or the Dot or an Amazon Smart Speaker, you can just ask it to play Comets Insider and it will play it for you. And so. you can ask Siri to play Comets Insider, the podcast, and it will work that way as well. Absolutely. It's fantastic. you gotta, you got to love all the different options that are available. You have to subscribe, to, you know, in the first place to have Siri find it for you, but there you go. You can do that. Yeah, iTunes, Google Play. At K-Rock CNY, Facebook, Twitter, and then you go into the stories and uh, take you right to the link so you can listen to the podcast. It was nice to have Brendan on. We talked to him a couple years ago. You know one thing that has not changed, Scoop, and you said this to me before we even came over to here tonight. Brendan Gauntz is business. He is trying to go back to the NHL. That's where he wants to be. It's nothing against Utica. That's where they all want to be. Everybody wants that dream of the NHL. But he is laser-focused in a way that he's very intense and dedicated to his craft. And that That's that's what he's all about right now. He's living that dream. Well, I, th- I thought it was interesting that when I asked him about his favorite moments in hockey... The first thing he mentions is the night, the, the final night of the Sedins. And, you know, that was a storybook night. It was amazing. Uh, it was just everything that hockey should be and can be. You know, in one night, one 60-minute contest, uh, these guys who have given, given so much to that franchise, uh, it, it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And that's his favorite memory, one of his favorite memories as a professional hockey player, that's pretty cool. Well, you you often have referenced the reverence that hockey players have for this, where every athlete loves the particular sport that they play professionally, but there is just something a little bit different within the game of hockey. I don't know exactly why. Maybe you have more insight on that, but it's... it's I, I think it comes from the fact... It's truly noticeable. The, the sacrifices that these guys... And, and women who play hockey, their families have made to get them rink time at 3 o'clock in the morning, 100 miles away, driving them to tournaments. We don't really have anything comparable to that in the United States outside of hockey. Yeah, okay, there's baseball tournaments and what have you. But, I mean, there are some real serious sacrifices that families make for this game. And I think the reverence is an outgrowth of that. Absolutely. So we got to thank Labatt Blue, Slocum Dixon, Pathfinder Bank before we get any further tonight. 72 Tavern and Grill, of course, every Monday night from 7 to 9. Let's give them their shameless plug. They're doing the 10-cent wings, and it's packed down here. It also smells fantastic. Well, full menu, 
Grab yourself a beverage. There's some great ones. To, what, did you sample anything today? I have not sampled. I had them last week, though, and they were fantastic. Uh, what about beers? No beers tonight. Just coffee and water. What was the one you were raving about I last week? I had the Polar Haze IPA from Saranac. They're making some great IPAs and double IPAs. And uh, the Polar Haze is fantastic. It, it's a little bit lower in the ABV than the Legacy IPA. The Legacy IPA, my favorite beer. Probably second place at Utica Club. But uh, making some great IPAs at Saranac. My name is Rain Scoop is here. We're here doing this every single Monday, 7 to 8. We bring you all of the different players throughout the course of the season. We'll be here for the remainder of the season. We've had Coach Trent call. I'm sure he'll be back on by the end of the season. The Comets are up against, if you're just joining us, a 3-3 three and three this weekend. Joe Roberts, who also joined us tonight in our 7.30 segment, The Voice, that you hear on the radio. Of course, he's back at it as well with 3-3. Three and three. It's Lehigh Valley and the Phantoms at 7 o'clock on Friday. Finally back at the Anironic Bank Center. Rochester visits on Saturday. And then on Sunday, they go out and play the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. So that's a 3 o'clock Sunday afternoon, a matinee hockey game. And I don't see any 3-3s three and threes on the schedule until we get to April when we have two, the final two weekends of the season. And, boy, look at that last game of the year against... Syracuse at home here and that very well could be for the Galaxy Cup not to mention a playoff spot a little brother versus brother action for uh, Brendan and Cameron Gaunts also I'm excited we'll see you next Monday 7 o'clock from the 72 Tavern this is 94.9 K-Rock and Scoop always wraps it up go Comets